Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of The Green Room, the podcast brought to you by the Newtown Players in Lexington Park, Maryland. I am your host, Stacey Oosterink, and do I have a treat for everyone today. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the Newtown Players, the early years. And the reason I love doing this is because, well, I get to sit around and talk with three of my closest friends. So I'd like to introduce everybody to uh, current artistic director and longtime NTP babe, Jenny Meisinger. Hi. <laughs> Dawn Weber, who is, I don't know, I think may hold the record for most awards, most acting awards in NTP history. Am I correct? No, I believe Jenny might have me beat in that, or we're somewhere around the side or something. Look, all I know is you two are the powerhouses. I'm just saying. And then there's my the nice twin of the Stacy and Stacy show, the public relations chair and my long-term friend, um, Stacy Park. Hi, Stace. Hi. I think I might hold the record for least awards one. That's well, only because you're the one organizing it. That's right. <laughs> it's because I keep going up against Jenny Meisinger. No, I've personally <laughs> seen you say, please, I don't want to be up for this award this year. So it's not, it's not for lack of nominations. It's for lack of acceptance of nominations. <laughs> you are all too kind. <laughs> so Stacy and I are the, we're the team that everybody says, go talk to Stacy. And the inevitable next line is, which one? <laughs> So, doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Because there it is. Um, all right. So um, all of you, along with me, we've all been around the Newtown Players pretty much since its inception. Um, I was not around for the early, early days, the days in the, the basement of the doodah deli. Were any of you? Dawn, didn't you have? Were, yeah, you were, weren't you? No? Stacy was here for the doodah deli work. I got here after the auditions for Teeters had happened, but we didn't have the building yet. Okay. Yeah. I was here before the building. Jenny, how early were you in? So I saw War of the Worlds, but my first audition and show was Lend Me a Tenor. So I guess it was the first full season in the theater, maybe, or second season in the theater. It was the second season because I didn't audition the first season and I did audition for Lend Me a Tenor. It's the first one I actually um, wanted to be on stage for. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Stacey, you you were first. I was second because I was Uh, you and I were taking our clothes off in an alley in Leonardtown, Maryland together. It was awesome. Joe Bo's traveling show. (laughs) So, all right. So let's talk about the inception. Let's talk about how it all started. I mean, I wasn't even here for the very first show, which was actually in the back of the now Rex in that little theater space. They did love letters. And I saw the sign in the window and I I called them up and they're like, oh, no, we're actually we've already auditioned and we're ready to go. We don't need any help with this one. So I called them again a few months later and they said, oh, well, we need somebody to take tickets at the Doodah Deli. Like (laughs) there, I'm there. And just get me my foot in the door. So, so I went and took tickets. It really was like, all right, so there are a lot of kids listening and you don't even know who these people are, but, you know, Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney, let's put on a show kind of deal, right? We've got a barn, let's put on a show. Yeah, right. I think we had yep. a cardboard door in the corner and a bench. Um, <laughs> I think everybody put their own costumes together. We could seat, I think, 20 tops in that basement. It was not a big show. <laughs> but by golly, we put on a show and Wendy had champagne for afterwards. It was, it was great. It was the inception. So Wendy is Wendy Heydrich, who was the first artistic director of the group. Um, and I came in shortly after then um, when the Newtown Players decided to come out of the basement and started a series called Hot Summer Nights on Fenwick Street. And I don't know where the, I don't know where the scripts came from. They were shows I'd never heard of. Do you, where did they come from? Because I was like, I've never read this before. So the first one was As the Breeze Blows, a parody on Gone with the Wind. Yep. Yep. Uh, Wendy wrote that one. I was wearing a tablecloth. Crystal Crystal was wearing an honest to God curtain rod across her shoulders with the curtains draped down. 
a la Carol Burnett. Got it. Yeah. Yep. And then the second one was um, the good, the bad, and the hungry. You'll remember that one. Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely. That was the we one. were Italian sisters together. Yes, we were. <laughs> were these short shows? They were. Um, yeah, not. They, they had two acts, but they were shortish. Yeah. So, so for those of you who don't know what Stacy Park and I look like, not a drop of Italian. <laughs> Both of us redheads, not a drop, not a drop of Italian. But by God, we were out there throwing A's on the end of every line with, you know. It's Canadian, isn't it? Uh, no, no, not a like a. No, no, no. Yeah, like like uh, I. I beat the ball. Uh, I believe we had wigs on in the middle of July. Oh, outdoors. Yeah, we had these little curly wigs on and um, dresses that we got from a bridal shop. Oh, the bridal shop dresses. I remember the those dresses. Yes, yeah. we still own them. <laughs> yeah, the floral ones, the the really yes. florally floral ones are Lovely. the ones we wore. I moved so up. that one we was written by. What was that? We didn't have a place to store them, so they were stored in warehouses and in empty, like empty shop fronts. And every three months, when the shop got rented, we'd have to move them. <laughs> and they were I... a huge store load of dresses. I remember hauling them in cars and packs of trucks. We rented a U-Haul. They were a pain. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days too. I so Stacy between Act One and Act Two, Stacy and I had to we had a costume change <laughs> <laughs> in the alley behind a sheet that had been yep. strung up between the two buildings. Um, yeah, so that was our entrance, the place we entered onto the stage, and our dressing room. All in one. Ironically, not a sheet strung up on the other end of the alley. Correct. Yeah. So that was for the hot summer night crew. It was hot. So it was charging extra if you watched the back of the show. (laughs) Let's be honest. The beginning of NTP was a lot of lingerie theater. Yeah. 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 So So that's what that's when I came in. Go ahead, Full credit Stace. disclosure. That one was written by Susan England, one of the other okay. founding members. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we still have the scripts. We could perform them again. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Can we find the dresses? That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn says yes. She knows exactly where they are. <laughs> All right. So. What that was when. So at that point, then the wheels had gotten. I mean, we had a little momentum. We'd gotten the, some attention of, of the county commissioners. I know that the plan was to, originally, we were looking at moving into the building that is the current Leonardtown Winery, oh. right? And then when that, di- that didn't happen, and by the way, shout out to Leonardtown Winery. You guys could consider sponsoring this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the... I, that didn't happen. And then the next thing you know, Wendy Hydrick called me and said, because I had had a career in radio, and she said, we need your help with schmoozing the county commissioners because they all know you and love you. And that's only because I just didn't talk badly about them on the radio. And <laughs> that's when that's when things got rolling for me. And that's um, when... Robin Finnecom got involved and started making things happen, mm-hmm. getting us into the building where we're at now. We have some yeah. fantastic shots of a rainy day key ceremony outside. <laughs> Everyone looks like drowned rats accepting the keys <laughs> from the county commissioner. <laughs> so Ron, um, so Robin at the time was part of the Patuxent. uh, Lexington Park Development Commission or whatever, right? Redevelopment. Redevelopment. That's right. That's right. That's the piece I had forgotten. And now, God love her. She's the chairperson of our funds and grants committee. She's, you know, we've indoctrinated her. She's part of, we've just assimilated Robin. She's never leaving. Okay. So then we get the building, which is a former library. And we could move all of the costumes, Dawn. Again. (laughs) I knew it. <laughs> Again. I moved those things between four different buildings in that period of time. 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we had our first season. And um well, just getting going was a big to do. Stacy will probably remember this because after we converted the building, there were some fire marshal issues with the conversion. Stacy Park, you remember the um the night we almost didn't open cheaters because we hadn't heard yet from the fire marshal. I had forgotten about that, but he, yeah, about you go ahead week, and tell the rest of that story. You tell that uh, one, Dawn. Go ahead. Best as I'll remember, but a week before the show was about to go on, we had completely converted it. Dave Groupe and Carrie Robinson had really used their design techniques and got and Dave Kaiser and got the um, the uh, um, the revolving stage going. So that was you know all was working well. The seats were in. Everything was going fine. It was a week before the opening night. We were still painting things and you know pulling things together. Um, and it was totally shabby chic because we had to raid the, you know, <laughs> we had to raid the local restores and whatever and vintage values and whatever to get some furniture and for people to sit on. Um, but the, our local fire marshal came by and said, no, this won't do. You had it. We had, I think we had to curtains are up or something like that between the shop. And there was an open wall between us and the shop. And he said, you must have a firewall between that and this room for us to approve you to open in a week. Well, I don't know what Wendy did. She worked her magic and Dyson's Lumber Company came through and not only did they pay for the $40,000 wall, but they built it in that week. And then we couldn't get a fire marshal on the phone to say it was okay to go ahead. So Wendy called the state fire marshal. <laughs> said, look, we've already sold tickets. We've done everything you've asked. So they gave us like a contingency period of time till our local one could get back in with us and, and check us off for good. But, um, but yeah, we, we finally were able to open on time with cheaters. <laughs> well, so that opens up the whole, I mean, people don't understand. This really was a, com this is a community theater. This was the old library building. And when we, when that building was converted, so many things were given to us. I mean, somebody would go out and the next thing you know, we had carpet where we'd never had carpet before we had carpet and there was not a bill attached to it. Um, pa the paint on the walls. I mean, so the, our podcast name is the green room and that's where the actors hang out. And by the way, that comes from, that's the room where the actors used to get paid. The walls don't have to be green. However, <laughs> Ours are because that was the color of the free paint we got. <laughs> Wendy got a had a connection with I guess Walmart at that time was um, was doing a promotion where they'd give you fifty dollars for your nonprofit if you signed up with them, and it, you could get it every month. So Wendy was down there at the first of every month declaring we needed our $50 and literally it was keeping us going. It bought one more thing for us that month. <clears throat> and we have a lot of $3 goof paint in this place. Like, oh, yeah. we, we didn't buy paint based on the color we wanted it to be. <laughs> right. So, we made it work. We went to the $3 rack and said that paint will work. <laughs> So right. the, the seats came, if I'm not mistaken, the seats came out of a theater like in Bowie, right? And they were signature yeah. theater, I think. Yeah. 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 They were closing down and they just gave them to us. So I don't right. believe there was a much to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it really is very, it's miraculous that, you know, so you know how the Newtown Players gets, but Three Notch Theater, our home theater gets, it's just this convergence of all of these things and people and Wendy Heydrich in the center of it, going and talking to somebody. And then the next thing, you know, they're showing up with free stuff. I, I've never met anyone with a gift like that ever. No, people would say no to me all the time. So I just come back and said, they say, no, Wendy, you need to go talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> talk to them. But I particularly remember moving the carpet from the old library because it had been put down probably in the, I don't know when it was, the 1930s or 40s. And it was some industrial glue that literally, you. it took like a team of 20 to pull it up around the edges and try to pull it back. It was awful. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So we Which get is why for years our floors were textured <laughs> like these fun little circles because we just yes. painted over the glue that was left right. there. <laughs> textured floor. 
Yeah, that's that's by not design. By design, you're never going to see that on HGTV. You are never going to see that. <laughs> so we get up and running, and there's, uh, I mean, it's a pretty short first season. Right? Five shows. We had five shows our first season. Yeah. It well, should be noted that after Dawn's story about the fire marshal, we opened Cheaters on April 1st. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to and do with April Fool's Day. Originally, the season was like January, essentially, through December. So you did Cheaters. Was Scotland the point? The point. We did Scotland cheaters. The point. The point season, yeah. Scotland Yard, uh, War of the Worlds, and then Inspecting Carol a second time. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so somehow we crammed five shows from April to December. <laughs> Can I tell you? So I was in the point. I was in the second show that was there, um, along my kids, Stacy's kid. Um, uh, Wendy's Both kids. Of them. Oh, I know it's I, right. So, so Justin was the baby. He was the six night, months old. Right. So we're, we're in tech week. It is Wednesday. We're slated to open on Friday. And Wendy comes to me and tells me that my son Bradley is too much. I mean, he gets distracted because he was hanging out with Stacy's daughter, Chloe. These two are distracting and They're he four. can't. He can't be in the show. And I said, then I won't be in the show. And that, yeah, so I was the first diva. Because <laughs> I was like, come to me two nights before and tell me that, you know, no, I'm going to kick your kid out. And he's four years old. He, he's been, these kids, they were running around like, because they were kids. Right. Wait. Right. There so, was a herd of them. Oh. Yeah, Wendy's kids were, I mean, a ton of them. So I did what any good stage mom would do. I grabbed my daughter, who was the little general, who's now a high school teacher, and I prepared her early. She was, she got to ride herd on all of those little kids. <laughs> um, I'm not sure she's ever quite forgiven me, but she'll be fine. Um, yeah, that was, that was the first season. And I don't know how we did it. And sometimes we had audiences of, five but we had shows um, well we had shows and we had generous members who kept it going we do because financially we weren't really pulling our own weight <laughs> year, even or so. that's a bit of an understatement isn't it <laughs> well it's like should we keep the lights on or should we pay for the oil or what should we get this <laughs> well and i remember i mean we did rehearsals if you rehearsed in the winter you wore layers yes you rehearsed yeah. in your coat and if you rehearsed in the summer you came in as cool a clothes as you could because hot summer night the ac hot summer nights <laughs> at newtown boy it was yeah. yeah i remember when we did uh cat on hatch and roof dawn and it felt like the mississippi oh, delta my. the entire rehearsal <laughs> yeah. process and then opening night we're doing the show and I'm kind of chilly and I'm like, this is ruining my mood. Like I don't feel like I'm in the South anymore. Enough. But not only that, I mean, we didn't feel sweaty enough to perform, but exactly. that, remember we had crickets taped in through the entire show to kind of give that illusion of, of the actual place. And um, after that, for the next six years, we had crickets in the facility because apparently we were, playing the mating call of crickets throughout Lexington Park. <laughs> romancing all the crickets. Oh my goodness. That okay. just tells you how great the ceiling is around the doors and windows of the building. Yeah. Oh, so, right. So, okay. So my, I was in the second show. Dawn, what was your first show? At Newtown, I, was, I did props for cheaters. They'd already auditioned, so I didn't. Um, so I didn't have an opportunity to audition, but um, but I was helping. I was in before they had the uh, before they had the actual building. My husband lured me down here in um, <laughs> or up here eighteen years ago with the promise that they have a community theater. They have Parks and Rec. I was like, well, that's spectacular. 
So we, we moved here with all intentions of me leaving my big theater family behind in Virginia Beach and realized that at 35, I was too old to do a Parks and Rec show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's 21 and younger. <laughs> it is. So, uh, so then I, I looked and Wendy had a, um, a, a, she had put something in the paper that basically said, or there was a little article maybe about one of the shows you were doing or something that said, if you're interested in helping, you know, please contact, you know, Wendy Heydrich. And so I called her and I said, look, I'm an actress, but I'm willing to help y'all do anything. So I did anything for the first year. And, <laughs> and then I auditioned for Lend Me a Tenor. So Jenny and I's first show was the same, was the same show. Okay. So tell, all right, ladies, tell it. So that's season two, right? In mm-hmm. January. We opened in February, I think. All right. So let me a tenor, well-known show, hilarious. So, all right. Tell us about your first on stage experience with the Newtown Players. That it actually was one of my favorite shows doing that we did at the theater. Uh, the cast was so yes. fun. It was such a well-oiled machine, especially we did the little we did the little thing at the end where you do the whole show fast forward for after the curtain call or before the curtain call, whatever. They were just dying over that. Yeah. It, it was I mean, very I it was well done. I think Ed Rourke might have directed Fred that. Didn't was, he? Uh, Bill Bill Farrar directed it. We had Don Weber head to toe sparkly diamonds. And we had Jenny and Rebecca Masters both in lingerie. So needless to say, time, we had both in the seat. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first show at Newtown, which I stripped off my clothes on stage. And then my second show at Newtown, I stripped my clothes off stage again. <laughs> that's how we get started in the early years. Yeah. Yeah. You take the hot more. Got it. Take the hot ones, take the hot ones and have them put them in lingerie. No problem. You know, they they took the hot ones and had them make out with John Juicy. So (laughs) we both made out with John Juicy on that show, Becca and me. (laughs) And Kalina. And Russell Therian, right? Yeah, Russell Therian. And uh, Kalina was our stage manager. And Wendy played John Juicy's wife. Yeah, the Italian. Yeah. And I don't remember a lot Bill Lagle was. Oh my gosh! Singing. You came up. He made the show. Our singing bellhop, mm. Bill Lagle. Bill so, Lagle absolutely stole the show that year. He had oh, like yes. two lines, and he won the best supporting actor or whatever thing we had for yeah. that. <laughs> so yes. Bill Lagle, Bill Lagle was in the point also, mm-hmm. and Bill Lagle in the I mean became such a legend at Newtown that even to this day. <laughs> There's a photo of Bill Lagle on most sets somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we try to find a place for him somewhere on the set. Yeah, every show. Every when we did She Loves Me, I had a picture of him in my notebook. Uh, did you really? <laughs> yes. And then for and then- Annie, we photoshopped his head onto a, a 1930s guy holding a fox for some reason. Right. So we have like a life-size it picture is huge. over the fireplace. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's that's kind of the way of playing homage, paying homage to our original members. He and Linda were really very instrumental in, in helping the building get going and helping everything go. And both of them were not only actors, but very, very willing to help and, and it took all you know, all kinds of things they've done for us over the years. Well, Linda has been part of the original exec. Both of them, I think were part of the original executive council. Yeah. 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 They, um, I know too, through, uh, Dave Grippe, we got a bunch of our lights from the college. We were able to Mm -hmm. outfit all that stuff. So perfectly legally though. Correct. Yeah. Yes. No, 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 no. Like borrowing, not, <laughs> not under the it was, table. It was kind of a store the light situation. You, yes. you can hold on to these for us and use them while they're in your facility. And when we yes. need them, we'll take them back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But then luckily for us, they got <laughs> endowed and got new lights and never needed them back. Right. Same thing with like the soundboard, right? We had we yeah. had a soundboard that we were storing for St. Mary's College of Maryland and we used it every show. 
Yep. It yep. should be noted, we also had quite a few lights and um, sound and lights and, and cabling from Peak Butt with Comedy. Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Peak yeah. totally did sound for us the whole first or second season. He was, mm -hmm. he was helpful, very helpful with that. Yeah. I mean, it, it really was a community of people. Oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So we, we get through the second season. <clears throat> and when did we actually start to see regular audiences? I think the second season we started. Yeah. Some regular yeah. Audiences. We didn't have to borrow as much money to keep open. The tenor houses were, were pretty great. And then I remember yeah. going to see uh, dancing at Lunasa. It was right. the show right after. Stacy was in that one. And I remember it was pretty consistent crowds. Yeah, I think we did very well at, at going into our second season. Yeah. Yeah. We got our regulars. <laughs> we probably had good houses of 40 to 50 starting from our second season and then yeah. jumped up in the third or fourth season to 60 or so. We held mm -hmm. steady at 60 for a while. Yeah. Um, and now we're, you know, I mean, look at how far we've come. So those seats have been replaced. We yep. have new we have new seats now. Um, the uh, the we're getting ready to get rid of the donated carpet in the lobby. We're going to have new carpet, <clears throat> I mean, new tile, which is going to be amazing, a new flooring. Um, you know, it all of these things we're going to have. You know, it, it's everything as the theater has grown up, and as the group has grown up. Notice I say grown up and not grown older. Um, you know everything we kind of brought the whole gang with us and you know i mean i know for a fact that we still have some of those original people come to shows because they'll i mean if i'm working front of house i mean we've all worked front of house or i've been to every <laughs> show thank you because <laughs> some of them wow there yeah. there were a few where there was only a handful of people at the show and we would shake their hands for bearing through it with us but <laughs> Right. <laughs> we had a couple of tough ones there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we learned more what our audiences were looking for and oh, yes. what we could, you know, what we could provide to them that, that they would want to come out and see and be, be a part of. Well, it's yeah. interesting how far we've come because I remember that first, uh, my first season there was like, oh, we, they did, we did, um, side, was side by side by Sondheim that first Second season. Second season. Yeah, the second, second season. season yeah. So it's like we couldn't do a full-blown musical. We really wanted to, but well, let's do a review. Then I remember for years people saying, well, we want to do Shakespeare. We want to do Shakespeare. We want to do Shakespeare. And now we're heading into our eighth or ninth year of sha outdoor Shakespeare every mm -hmm. summer. I think we're hitting 10 this mm -hmm. year. But ne next year is technically the 10th year. Next year. Sorry. So nine, yeah. Well, but I mean, you're thinking <clears throat> seasons ahead. Um, I am. <laughs> well, I, the only reason I know is because we're going to be doing, we've been waiting to do Midsummer till 10. Oh, yeah. For the anniversary. So, but I just remember, like, we ended up doing Shakespeare in Hollywood because we wanted to do Shakespeare, but we were like, <laughs> we don't think our audiences are ready. It's not. So you think about how far we've, I mean, we do two musicals a year sometimes now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and I'm speaking with the three of our amazing <laughs> musical directors. <laughs> so, um, Dawn, were you the artistic director after Wendy? No, um, no, it was after Jenny, right? After no, was it Valerie? Valerie, Valerie was, and then um, Jenny and I, artist, I assistant artistic directed with Jenny. They would not let Jenny right away. Bill Farrar was for a, like half a season, and then he moved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he moved in the middle, and Jenny was a little young for the artistic director. The board thought, and so they were the other they, Jenny, I mean, Jenny Carnahan. She told Jenny Carnahan, she totally had the credentials and everything, but she was a younger person. And so they were a little intimidated by that. And I was like, look, I'll be her, I'll be her assistant if you make her artistic director, because I thought she would do a great job. And she did. And so yeah. I, I, that's how I became the assistant artistic director. I volunteered for it. <laughs> and then when she moved, then I became the artistic director for a while. And then Jenny is. <clears throat> 
Yeah, but that's so we kind of went from doing the let's do the shows we can afford <clears throat> yep. to let's do the shows and figure out how to how to pay for them. Right. Because mm-hmm. it kind of the focus switched when the Jenny, the Jenny Dawn transformation happened. I think that's when we kind of the switch flipped and and we went from saying, OK, we know what people don't like. Because we, look, we we had a a season that was bad. Right. We did. We made a real, uh, none of them were bad. I mean, they weren't very popular for half. Popular. I think that's the thing. They they were not shows that sold. They weren't well known. Right. And some of them were actually artistically very good. But if somebody doesn't come to see it, they don't know that. Exactly. we, we made a concentrated effort. I was on the board before I was the artistic um, director with Jenny and, uh, we were so we made a a concentrated effort to have the play selection committee look specifically for plays that we thought would be money makers, and that would people would enjoy, and that would appeal to our audiences, and also that we would enjoy doing. Yes. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had actors and actresses clamoring to do the job, or people that didn't act, or you know, were willing to do the other kind of jobs just to be a part of some of the things. So we pr- specifically gave them some really direct directions of where they should follow and what they should look for. And they came up with great seasons. Uh, the play selection committee now is, you know, still in full force. Anybody in the organization can join it. And they really have made an effort to, to step up our, um, you know, our more well-known things and things we would really love to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so Stacy Park at that point, your public <laughs> relations chair, through some of those non, I mean, you, you were doing public relations and I remember because I was, I was sitting on the production (laughs) committee. I was sitting on the production committee and I get this pleading look just because I happened to run into Stacey in the lobby and she goes, look, you got to give me something I can sell. You got to give me something, I can, please. <laughs> and I'm like, right, okay, oh, okay. So I became like sitting in as we're putting together the season, going, oh, we cannot hand Stacy a spoiled tuna sandwich and say you need to sell this baby. And I think that's when we started to get the artistic directors on the play selection committee too, so that we could really promote things we thought would sell well. And um, so then we presented them to the board. They were pretty much, oh, this looks great. We'll do that. Well, and, and another goal we've disco- discovered is that having shows with at least one every couple seasons that has kids in it, that brings out some <laughs> of that extra audience that might not come to see our shows. But, you know, my little niece, John, my little niece, Suzanne is in the show, so I'm going to come see it. And then they enjoy it and go, oh, we'll come back for something else. Come on, my phone. Also, seasonal shows we discovered really work well. People really yeah. like to do the holidays with the family and take them to have something for them to come enjoy. So um, we started picking a lot more seasonal stuff that had to do with the holidays of many varieties. And, um, and we've certainly seen those sell out very well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then you have the Oostering shows that, because my theory is the more people you put on stage, the more people are going to come into the audience to watch their person on stage. So um, we know now how many people we can put on that stage. <laughs> yeah, I've, seen, I've seen Stacey tell her set designer. So I pretty much need a backdrop because I'm going to fill the stage with people. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's exactly what I do. Um so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's, I mean, when I, the first show that I directed was Little Shop of Horrors. Now, Little Shop of Horrors is only supposed to be nine characters, <laughs> right? Nah, not in my world, man. We had an ensemble. We had, <laughs> nope. We did that show with like 25 and oh we sold a lot of tickets and we had a great time. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. So that's, for me, that was kind of the, my, my turning moment with Newtown was flipping the switch from being an actress to being a director and seeing how I could help the whole, you know. And then I ended up having to, um, having to step in once when you were unable to finish a show. Oh yeah. 35 actors and then told (laughs) here, your stage is 12 by 12. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So for those bye of bye you, birdie. yeah. So yes. for those of you who don't know the story of that show, so I I was on I was on tap to direct again. It's always the summer musical. By the way, this is before the air conditioning in the building, people. So I'm doing these shows and I'm killing people by putting them in costumes and having them sing and dance in August and July. It's awful. So I told my husband. My husband's like, we're gonna move, and I'm like, look, we cannot move during this time. And my husband said, <laughs> I bought us a well, we bought a house and we got to move during this time. And I went, I can't do it. And luckily, and I thank God every day that Dawn stepped in and <laughs> did that. So yeah, so it's been pretty memorable. <laughs> Stacy, what is your, so like, when did you feel that we went from let's put on a show to holy cow, we're a thing? When we started planning full seasons. Wow. Early. So there, yeah. So there at the beginning, we used to book one or two shows in advance. We knew what was coming next and we had a pretty good idea what was coming two shows from now, but we weren't booking full seasons until <laughs> maybe four or five. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah we had the actually when <laughs> I was on the board, at that right. it was really early. Um, <laughs> and somebody nominated me for the board. And I remember thinking, a uh, good friend of mine always had questions about the theater. And I was like, I don't, I'm not the person to ask, you know, I don't know how to answer those questions. And I was like, I've only been around, you know, a year. Is this really the time for me to, and I was like, well, let me be part of answering the questions. So I joined the board and I remember Dave Coupe picking up this plastic. We used to put our, um, like our rates and stuff in these little plastic frames and he was hitting himself on the head because he was so bad because we didn't have a set season yet and we wanted to get rack cards and he was so frustrated so I remember the birth of that because yeah. it was like at this point we should be able to advertise an entire season why is that not happening so right. yeah and even that was an evolution we we started to be able to pick an entire season but we didn't have it early the beginning of the season yet so even just going from we have a full season to we can advertise a full season that was probably right. another several well, years I think there was the yeah. hurdle of we we need to know the season but we need to know it early enough to order our advertising for the summer show so people know what's coming up so they yeah and then at some yeah. point beth and tessa joined us and said you guys need to advertise the season legally <laughs> yeah <laughs> All the people get all the credits for it. So they, they started uh, making sure that we crossed our T's and dotted our I's pretty early. Well, we've been so well. lucky to have somebody like you who knew what those were to, to be able to do it, too. Yes. <laughs> Free marketing guru at our disposal. <laughs> I got you guys. So, Dawn, I mean, when did you have the feeling that, wow, I mean, I... I've been a part of this and it's a thing. And I've been here since the beginning. There's, there's a moment of like pride, right? Um, I know well, when I my pride first, was. Yeah. I was proud of the first show. I mean, being involved just with cheaters, I was proud of them for having the, the amount of work that had to go in in those couple of months to turn a library into a theater was amazing. Right. Um, oh, absolutely. So, you know, we were down there at 10 hours a day and, and stuff trying to get it all together. And, so I was proud of them from the beginning. I think until I um, really, it's one thing hearing the applause. It's another thing being on stage hearing the applause. So as an actress myself, it was more about my connection to the audience. And so that didn't happen until I actually, you know, tread the boards there at Three Notch Theater myself. So it would be lend me a tenor when I first heard the applause and thought, okay, this can work. We can really, you know, push forward with this. And, you know, so it even made me more determined to work on whatever, whatever committee, whatever project, whatever, whatever. I mean, there is nothing I haven't done there. And it's because it is such a group of community to me that it, um, that it needed that in the beginning to get going. It needs to maintain that to keep going. Right. And I'm, yes. I'm very proud of where we were. I'm very proud of what we've done to get to this point. But I'm very proud of the future I see for them. And we're getting much more diverse now. We have a whole lot of people willing to help in different positions. It wasn't always that way. It seemed like sometimes there were only five of us doing the job of, you know, 100. 
Now there's a lot of people who want to get actually involved, to get involved, to do the grunt work, to make sure it's successful. And, and that's a great thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Go ahead, Jenny. How about you? The moment where you realize you've arrived. Well, I was going to tap into what Don was just saying that we had a, um, a meeting with the president of the Maryland arts council two years ago. Was it Stacy when he came down and he was Mm -hmm. so surprised the fact that we've gotten this far on nothing but volunteer work. He says, it's amazing that, that you're, you're this strong and you're doing this much work and this many shows on nothing but volunteers, which I think is really a, a testament to the people who started it, the people you guys were around from the very, very beginning and kind of the work ethic and the passion that was instilled in the organization from the beginning that's just been passed down through all the generations. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not people, that old. But the people who have made it through... <laughs> The through through the multiple seasons at Newtown. Um, I don't know. I, I actually, like I was saying before, I, from the very beginning, I my plan was, um, I'd been here for five years, and I wasn't going to do theater for free because I used to get paid to do it, and I was like, I can't do that. And I knew Bill from. He, we weren't on the same site, but from work, and he was like, No, no, come out and audition. And I saw that I could go to an audition for Newtown. And then on Saturday, I could go to an audition for PTP. Um, and so Thursday, I went to the Newtown audition for Lend Me Tenor. And I had so much fun. I just came back Saturday for the audition at Newtown. And just, I mean, I'm sure it's it's a blast up at PTP, but it's happened to be closer. And um, I had met Dawn and I had met Russell. And Saturday, I met Becca. And I just thought seems like a great group so just the we gelled that cast gelled so well it, 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 i remember that because i remember that when i gave a reading and the, the lady said well i didn't know we had to speak with english accents and you stepped right up and you said that is articulation not english <laughs> people confuse people get so confused i'm like she's speaking clearly there's it's not an accent <laughs> I wasn't trying to be a bitch. I just, (laughs) you have my back girl. I love it. That's right. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. So I, um, I remember, so there were two moments. So yeah, I mean, in the early time, it's like, holy cow, you know, this is a show and it's, and it's good. I mean, like I loved coming and just watching, you know, even shows, I mean, of course, love watching my friends up there, right? I'm one of those people. If I know somebody on stage, I'm going to go watch them and I'm going to support them um, in, the er- in the early times. Um, but I will tell you that for me, um, as an actress, um, Steel Magnolias, standing on stage, oh. Steel Magnolias, I, I knew what it felt like to be an actress. That, that show was... Um, Dawn, that Dawn and I were in that show together, along with Linda Lagle and Robin Finnecom, um, and Emily, and Emily, Emily Fon- mm-hmm. yep. And I we had managing, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had just the most wonderful cast and crew, and uh, but at the end, and and our audiences just gave us everything. They just gave us everything. Um, yeah. that's when I kind of like, oh yeah, okay. Okay, I mean, I've acted before, but this is what it feels like. <laughs> that show was magical. That was a really experience, yeah. Yeah, and then um, probably, yeah, I think it was Little Shop that I just, I cried watching, because I knew <laughs> the actors on the stage were feeling what I had felt during Steel Magnolias. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, um, for me, I had now- always dreamed of playing um, Maggie and Cat. So for me, doing Cat on a Hutch and Roof was just, and getting to play with Dawn and be picky back and forth with her. And okay. yeah, that was well, just. We're supposed to all go out for the same show again, all of us, because we haven't been on stage in a while. Ooh. We've been running the background. Right. We need. <laughs> um, there needs to be, Stace, there needs to be some research because you and I have had, you and I were on stage before we ever together, before we ever became a part of Newtown. So um, mm-hmm. we, we actually did Little Shop together as actors. We did. Yep. So, um, yeah, we definitely need to get on that. How about you, Stacey? When was the, I don't know, I don't know, when was your moment, your, like, onstage moment? Oh, my onstage moment. She has moment. some good ones. She has, right? And oh. she never talks about them. I don't 
Oh. <laughs> I mean, Black Spirit, um, Dancing at Lunasa, like you're talking think, about way ooh, back then. Yeah. So Dancing at Lunasa was, that was a fun one because I wasn't, I did not have an Irish accent before I showed up at that one. And um, God love her, Crystal does. And she worked with me before auditions. And to be fair, my character is supposed to be the special needs sister. Um, and she is intended to be played that way. And she's treated that way by the family. Um, so when I went in and auditioned, I performed it for Carrie. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, that's good. And he never gave me any direction on it. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm going too far. Maybe this is too much of a caricature. I'm going to pull back. And still, he never said anything to me. And after a while, I went up to Carrie. I said, hey, Carrie, how am I doing? Am I, am I hitting this the way that you want? He goes, no, I liked it better the way it was in auditions. Go, go that way again. Said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where when people would come through the receiving line, which is now a staple at our theater, they would tell Crystal to tell me that I did a good job. Oh my gosh, that's great. And I was like, oh, I might have gone too far. No, <laughs> it means you did it. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> but it was a real compliment to me. I was like, oh, I might be able to do this. And then God <laughs> love him. Bill Lagel comes through every darn receiving line and he shakes my hand and he just, he tells me what a great job I've done. I swear that man is my biggest fan. So shout out <laughs> to Bill. But he always makes me feel good about the performance, no matter what it is. Right. And, um, but I will say that the reaction that you get when you put your hands through the painting and Blythe spirit, they, they created that. Yeah. They created that box for me to stand in, in next to nothing in December. <laughs> I'm standing there in lingerie for half an hour with my cigarette in my hand. <laughs> I have to stand very, very still in this box while they do the whole seance. And then they created a situation where I could put my hand through the painting and the audience, you can hear it on the recording too. The audience just goes, <gasps> <laughs> which was great. You got to love a good reaction like that. So th those were both really fun shows. I would do both of them again, but I'm too old. No. <laughs> the one thing I found really funny about Dracula was um, we were literally six feet. The art theater is so intimate. It's like people are right there. Right. And so I said I would direct a show. Dracula was handed to me. It wasn't like I got to pick Dracula. I don't remember. Somebody dropped out, couldn't do it, whatever. I was going to direct it. And then I read it and I was like, you want someone to disappear six feet away from the audience. How can I possibly do that? But we finally found a way so much so that like people would stay behind afterwards and ask us how we did it. So, and that was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, awesome. the special effects that you guys pulled off for um, uh, Young Frankenstein, hanging Jonathan and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we've pulled off some pretty big feats. I mean, you know, there's uh, there there have been some th magical things that have happened on that stage through the years, for sure. I mean, golly, even during the point, Stace, we had uh, giant pterodactyl legs that fell from the ceiling. <laughs> we did, and and Dieter and uh, Lily hopped on this little swing, and they were swinging back and forth from the rafters <laughs> on these giant pterodactyl legs. Yeah. So I think we've used every physical area that is possible to use in that facility. I, we have somehow used, we've used rafters, we've used parts of the ceiling, we've used behind the stage, we've used under the stage, we've used under the audience, we've used behind the audience, I mean, down the aisles, whatever. I think we've really utilized the space as much as we could have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we built the Titanic on the front end of that stage for Scotland yeah. Road. It was great looking. And it, it was, was the prow of the boat out, extending out over the audience, and they were walking under it. That was very impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many, many years of, of memories at, at Three Notch Theater, for sure. Um, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I have said from the beginning, I wanted this podcast to sound like a chat amongst friends, and it is. And we could do this for hours, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I can't wait. So I, I've been kind of mulling in my head. I, I really want to get um, those listeners and actors and people involved with NTP to send me their their 
NTP horror story or their theater horror story, you know, you know, like, oh, I got undressed and walked out and I hadn't fastened myself or whatever it is, but I want, that's what I want. So I know you guys have some, so I'm going to give everybody, Stacey, correct me if I'm wrong, but our, our email address to, if you want to email the podcast and I want to hear your, oh my gosh, moments, like, I can't believe that happened to me moment is podcast at newtownplayers.org right? Yes. Newtown with an E, N-E-W-T-O-W-N-E players.org. All right. Well, we are going to have to do this again. Um, I swear we could probably spend another hour talking about the costume closets at the Newtown players (laughs) and the weirdest things. Yeah. That should be another one that we talk about is the The weirdest things. Yeah. Yeah. Costumes, weirdest stuff we've ever had donated. So we'll, we'll tee that one up. (laughs) Thanks again. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. I I appreciate every one of you. Um, And I appreciate all of you who have tuned in. Um, The Green Room is created by the Newtown Players. It is hosted by me, Stacey Oosterink, produced by Kenny Faison and Stacey Park. Jay McCulka is our fabulous recording engineer. Timothy Joyce is our sound and mixing engineer. And the original amazing theme music you hear coming in, it was composed by Hunter Martin. Um, You can find the Newtown players on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All you got to do is look for Newtown players, Newtown with an E, N-E-W-T-O-W-N-E players. Um, You can listen to The Green Room on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you have an interesting idea, like I said, email us, podcast at newtownplayers.org. And if you want to find us on the World Wide Web, like when we reopen and you're ready to buy tickets, it is www.ntpshows.com. Thanks so much for joining us in the Green Room.